Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Jesse Neeland. Uh, thanks for listening to my podcast. Today I wanted to talk about the fact that I watched the first Matrix movie last night for the first time since I was a kid. I think I was like 12 when I watched it the first time. And I've been hearing about it. Obviously, it's like a, such a cultural reference point. You know, everybody talks about it. Uh, there's so many moments that I'd, I'd heard quoted since in the last, you know, 15 or more than that, uh, 20, uh, however, however long it's been. I remembered bits and pieces, of, but I didn't remember the plot at all. And I was super struck in watching it by Trinity. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit. So Trinity, if you haven't seen it, is a really badass chick. Like she is so tough and cool. And she wears skin tight, shiny leather outfits. Uh, and kicks a lot of ass and is like just amazing at combat and a total badass. So in watching this, for the first time since I was 12, I was struck by my memory of looking at Trinity. And my memory of looking at Trinity at the time was before I identified as bisexual. So at the time, I remember thinking that is what, that is what attractiveness looks like. That is what hotness looks like. I want to look like Trinity. I want to be like Trinity. I want to be Trinity. <laughs> so at the time, I remember obsessing. I have really curly hair. I was obsessed over her haircut, which is like this super, super short, slicked back straight hair. I was obsessed with it. I tried to do it. I would like blow dry my hair and then I would put gel in it and I would slick my hair back and then it would like end up curling anyway and I would get so upset because I wanted it to look like hers did and it looked so cool and mine didn't look like that. And I felt really insecure about my curls and my frizz and my, you know, my round cheeks and my puffy lips because I wanted to look like her. I wanted angular cheekbones and thin lips and, you know, just those bright light eyes. I thought she was so freaking hot, but I did not name it at the time as I am attracted to Trinity because this was again before I identified as bisexual. I named it as this is what attractiveness is and I'm failing. I'm failing to look like that. So basically, I looked at Trinity and turned what I now understand as attraction and desire into body image issues. I felt bad about how I looked for a long time. And I would say this is actually a thread that even after I understood that I was bisexual, this was a thread that followed me through a lifetime that I would see these women who I was so into, which tended to often be women who did not look like me very much, um, super, super badass, <laughs> really angular, uh, toned, kick-ass ladies was very much my, my type, I would say. And in high school, there were all these, you know, it was like Lucy Liu and, and all these like badass chicks who I would just be like, oh my God, I am too short and uh, chubby or round. My boobs are too big. I smile too much. I'm not kick-ass enough. Like all of these things. I turned it around into body image issues. And this is really important to understand in part because so many queer folks do the same thing. And in part because it just it, it shines a really interesting light on uh, attraction and body image issues. So uh, recently, in the most recent Charlie's Angels movie, Kristen Stewart was one of the angels, and I had the same thought. Well, this is years after I had done the unpacking around body image, right? 
I pretty much don't have body image issues and I didn't at the point that I watched this movie. I walked out of that movie though and was like, I want to get in killer shape. <laughs> like I want to get super lean and toned and I want angular cheekbones and I want my hair, which honestly Kristen Stewart's hair in that movie looked almost exactly like Finity's in the Matrix. I was like, I want my hair to be, you know, I'm going to get a keratin treatment and chop it off and wear it slicked back. So I am still susceptible to the way my brain would take desire and turn it into body image issues. Even though in that moment I didn't necessarily feel bad about myself after the Kristen Stewart thing, I just felt like, damn, I wish I were like leaner and more, you know, sharp and killer and whatever. Uh, I, I felt that reflected somehow on what I wanted myself to look like until I named it, which is something I can do now because I am openly and <laughs> completely accepting of the fact that I'm bi. I named it that day, right? So I walked out of the theaters being like, oh my gosh, I want to get in shape. I'm going to take boxing classes. I'm going to eat healthier. And then uh, within a few hours, I had like recognized what was going on. I was like, oh my gosh, look at these thoughts. Look at these adorable old thoughts where my, you know, internalized homophobia brain used to, to go and it would turn it into body image issues and say, oh, this is how you want to look instead of saying like, I want to kiss Kristen Stewart because I do. So I can now name it as desire. I think she is unbelievably fine. And that is, that is a part of me, right? That's something that I can now understand. The moment I named that, I felt better. The moment I named that, the pressure to like <laughs> get leaner and, and get, you know, stronger and whatever totally disapparated. I was like, okay, well, you know, I mean, I could, I could totally like take a combat class, but I, I think I'm okay because my desire, that intense desire upon watching her kick ass was not so much, I want to be a person who looks like that and kicks ass. It was, my God, she's so hot. I want someone like that to like me and, you know, want to make out with me. That's, that's desire. So as soon as I name it like that, the pressure's off. Oh, okay, well, I can look like myself and I don't have to worry about changing anything. Uh, nothing about me is failing. Nothing about me is less than. I just think this person is really attractive. So looking back at Trinity, as I'm rewatching this movie and I'm like remembering... 12 year old me or whatever, uh, looking at her and thinking, I want to look like that. I have to look like that. That is what's attractive. And if I don't look like that, I'm failing. It feels so sad for me, honestly, because had I been given the container of uh, different sexualities at the time, had I grown up in not a heteronormative society that basically insisted I would be straight and I had to like really, you know, claw my way out of that and decide that that's not true for me. Um, had I not been given the container that is like, you like boys, that's what's going to be true for you. I would have been able to name it then too. And I really wonder, had I been brought up in a family culture, a town and community culture, basically had I been brought up with like pro-queerness, <laughs> had that been ever offered to me as an option? Like if everybody had assumed I would either be you know, into guys or girls or everyone or no one, like had that all been the culture I was raised in at 12, might I have looked at Trinity and said, wow, I want to be with a woman who looks like that. I am super turned on by this woman. Might I have said that to myself the same way that I would have about a guy, right? Like if I looked at Brad Pitt, I didn't say to myself, oh my God, I want to look like Brad Pitt. I have to chop my hair off and get a chiseled six pack. And like, I didn't put that pressure on myself to try to be Brad Pitt because I was given a container 
for the fact that I would find him attractive. So I was able to name it. I was able to say, he's hot. I think he's hot. He turns me on. So from that space, looking back, I can just see how much of my body image issues over the years really was internalized homophobia and a lack of clarity around my own queerness. And this is super sad to me because I might have saved myself an awful lot of suffering and struggling had I known this earlier. And I would say all through high school, I had a general sense that I liked women, but I did not have the language or the containers for it. I would say it was performative. It was all through like the patriarchal male gaze. Um, I didn't really know what to do with it because there was absolutely nowhere to explore it. I had girlfriends sometimes who would just say things, you know, just friends who would say things like, wouldn't it be crazy if we kissed right now? Or like, you know, someone would say, we should kiss right now just to like turn those boys on. And I was like, yes, please, let's do that. That sounds great. And even though nothing really ever happened out of it, I was down, you know, I knew I was down. I was like, yes, please, that sounds great. So I was very aware that there was attraction there, but I never really named it for myself as I'm bisexual because that just seemed just impossible. I just couldn't. It's not how I was brought up. It wasn't an option in my town. It, it definitely made me feel like I would have lost some kind of like straight girl status. I mean, it just, it's internalized homophobia. It's all it is. So at the time, I turned all that shit around on myself. And everyone I found attractive, which was lots of different looking women, by the way, like there were lots of different looks that I could beat myself up over not looking like, um, I was really committed to turning it around on myself. So if I saw someone in a magazine, this was actually something that would happen. I would often like read magazines, you know, uh, women's magazines, Vogue and, and whatever those things were that a cosmopolitan that I would read at the time in high school. And I would get so turned on that I would like have to masturbate. And I thought to myself, oh, this is so weird. I guess I'm like turned on my clothes, right? Because I'm like looking at fashion. I really loved fashion. So I'd be looking at all these different fashion things and all these models wearing different fashion things. And it would be like, I'm thinking actively about their clothes. I'm not looking at their bodies thinking, oh my God, I want to touch her. Thinking about the clothes. I'm like, oh my God, those heels are so cool. Look at this outfit. I love it. Uh, I should wear more hats like this. So my thoughts actively were about fashion. But then I would find myself so turned on I had to masturbate. So I always kind of just like, I was on the edges of recognizing what was going on. I can now look back and say, I, I never had a space to explore how attracted I was to women. And so this was a space in my brain that it could go. It was like, I want to look like those women. I want to be as cool as those women. I want to wear the same outfits as those women. I want to be as thin as those women. It was all the things because I was attracted to them. They turned me on. So looking at it now, um, and I, actually I've talked to a lot of queer women, um, particularly bisexual and pansexual women who had a similar experience, but also uh, folks of all gender expressions and sexualities who identify as queer have reported something similar, which is like the confusion <laughs> when you're younger and don't have these concepts given as uh, valid, given as, as things you can name and understand for yourself. There's an assumption you'll be straight, so you're like, well, what are these other feelings? I don't know what to do with them. And so that leads to body image issues for a lot of us because we name them as a desire to emulate rather than a desire to be with. It is this sort of classic trope of, you know, gay folks looking back and saying, man, my first crush, I thought I wanted to be that person. And it turns out I wanted to be with that person. So this is a very common situation, and I want to just reflect on it a little bit from the perspective of now, 
when I see someone that I'm really attracted to, I can just name that. And there's a lot of clarity and spaciousness in that for me. I used to get super jealous if I had a male partner and I saw a woman I was attracted to, which happened all the time. I'd have like a server or a friend or something who I was really into, but didn't quite name for myself. I never said, I'm really into this person necessarily. I just looked at them. I had a reaction in my body of like, that person is really attractive. And then I would get super jealous that my partner thought they were attractive. This led to insecurity, right? I'm beating myself up again. I'm not as hot as that person and my partner must know it. When what actually was happening is I was attracted to the person and my partner had nothing to do with it. So sometimes I would say this to my partner and be like, oh, you were looking at her and they'd be like, you know, no, I wasn't actually. I'm not even into that kind of person. Like I'm, I wasn't into her. I didn't find her attractive. And I'd be like, you're lying to me. You, of course you were into her. She is objectively super attractive. All of this while never saying I am attracted to her, right? Like I did not give myself permission to have these labels for a long time. So instead of acknowledging desire, I turned it into insecurity. I turned it into fights with my partner and jealousy. I turned it into body image issues. I turned it into feeling really, really bad about myself. And that's a huge bummer. Because all of that stuff could have been avoided had I been able to say from an early age, I just think she's hot. Like, I, I want her. That's all. I don't want to change the way I look. I'm perfectly good as I am. I don't need to worry about my partner and what they find attractive because we will find different people attractive. But I want her. That's what's going on. I have desire. So I think just reflecting on this can open up a lot for people. I've certainly had queer clients who this was a revelation to start looking at. People who, like me, never named what was going on. They're like, I mean, I am into women sometimes. Or I have had experiences with women that were, you know, very sexy and very fun. But I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm definitely not gay. And I don't really think I'm bi. I think I just, I, you know, I, I, whatever. It was just that one person or it was just that one experience, whatever. So we have a lot of ways in which we undermine our own queerness, I find, because of the fact that we weren't given these containers and concepts and understandings, or we think, oh, I'm not queer enough, you know, because I've never had a girlfriend, but I have had a boyfriend. Uh, I guess I'm straight and maybe I just think women are pretty or (laughs) much worse when I get someone who's way deep in it is, uh, you know, I I just really, really, really want to look a certain way. I am obsessed with looking a certain way. And I'm obsessed with these one, this one woman or these five women on Instagram who look that way. And oh my God, I need to look that way. I feel so bad about myself. They're so, like they have something that is just so intensely like what I want. You know, there's this sort of obsessive thing sometimes. And a lot of times what that comes down to is I am attracted to her. That's it. I think she's hot. And I want other people to think I'm that hot. You know, I'm I'm not going to say there's nothing in there that can't be like body image issue related or insecurity related. It's not always just this. But it is a powerful driving force for a lot of queer folks because they haven't named for themselves their own desire. It is so freaking liberating to name your own desire, folks. Please do it. If you are queer and this is resonating, check in with yourself. What labels do you use in your own mind? What labels do you use in conversation with others? Would you say I'm attracted to that person? Would you say they're hot to me? I want them. I'm turned on by them. Or would you just say, you know, something a little bit more subtle, like, oh, I just, I acknowledge they're attractive or I recognize that they're good looking or something like that. 
just exploring this for yourself. And this obviously won't resonate with everybody. This is a pretty niche audience this episode is for here. Although I still think it's an interesting concept for everyone to explore for yourself what it means to find new concepts around desire, attraction, and body image issues. What you want to look like can be informed by what you find sexy. And if you aren't really honest with yourself and really clear about what you find sexy, this can get really confusing and really shitty really fast. So, yeah, wishing that I looked like Kristen Stewart or Trinity is instantly constrictive and painful. I can tap into it even right now. I can remember what they look like and think, oh my God, I'm never going to look like that. I'm never going to be as thin and kick-ass and angular and with that straight hair and those light eyes, I'm never going to look like that. And I can feel bad about it. I can tap into 12-year-old me. But why would I? Because when I, when I step back from that, I can name the truth, which is really expansive and really spacious, which is they're hot. I am a sexual being who is turned on by many different kinds of people. And I think that they're hot. That's really spacious. There's a lot of room in that. There's no discomfort in that. There's no pain in that. There's no limitation in that. There's nothing in that to beat myself up with. So this is one of the ways in which we can dismantle beauty ideals and what we find attractive is by really getting clear in our own selves about where, where these thoughts and feelings come from and giving them new containers in our own minds and hearts. Because the containers that we were given as queer folks are super limiting and they make us have to kind of turn on ourselves. So if you are queer, I hope that you are not turning on yourself. I hope your body image issues um, would be improved or helped by naming your desire and I hope you can do it. And if you're not queer and this doesn't apply to you, I hope that this is at least something that invites more curiosity into the way we experience things like jealousy and um, you know, uh, hating how we look in comparison to someone else when we compare ourselves to others. Because you can be totally 100% straight and look at another person and say, oh my God, I feel so bad about myself compared to that person and have it have nothing to do with queerness whatsoever. Of course. But I do invite curiosity. How do you know that person is worth getting this upset about and this insecure over? How do you know? I always found it fascinating. I had a, a boyfriend once who was super jealous of other guys that I did not find attractive. He would get really jealous of a kind of guy that he found attractive, basically. I mean, he wouldn't have said that, but it was like he clearly found a certain kind of guy as a threat to our relationship. And he would get really jealous. And I was always like, you are missing the boat, man. I am not attracted to those guys at all, but I am attracted to this other kind of guy that he was never jealous of at all, even though they posed a much bigger threat, really, if you think about it. Because his perception of what was attractive was overriding what was actually a threat to the relationship. His jealousy was based not on who I was actually into and entirely on his perception of what an attractive man looks like. So mostly the kind of guy that he would be jealous of was a very, very masculine kind of guy. That is not who I was into. Um, I would generally not even notice them or, or you know, feel anything towards them. And then it's like my you know, sort of <laughs> soft, uh, gentle, more feminine male friends or, you know, coworkers or whoever it was, that they would have this really gentle, soft energy that I loved. And that 
those are the people I would have crushes on. I would like feel really turned on by. And, and my boyfriend never, never occurred to him to be jealous of them because it was his perception of who's attractive that was driving his jealousy, not any actual threat to the relationship. Just like, and this isn't to say that he was queer in any way. I don't think he was, but that was where it came from inside him was this is who he found to be threatening and attractive. And it was totally off the mark. Uh, just like I would, you know, freak out because my boyfriend was looking at this woman that I found attractive, right? And he's like, I, I honestly wasn't. Like, she's not my type, but she was my type. And that's what was going on, you know. My jealousy, my triggers, my, um, my comparing myself, a lot of it was driven by this, by who I liked. And then it would get all flipped around with what I thought men liked because, you know, I just couldn't understand how they wouldn't all find uh, Trinity to be like the hottest person on the planet. And in that world where I'm holding it that way, then of course I'm failing, right? Like if my boyfriend wants Trinity and I am this like short, uh, round, whatever teenager, then like I should feel insecure, right? Like he wants her and not me. She's better. I'm worse. It's a terrible feeling. And of course, that's not really how things work. Like, that's not how most people do not have a zero-sum approach to who they're attracted to. It's not like, I like this and not that, or there's a ranking system. It's just like, we're attracted to all kinds of different people in all kinds of different ways. But I would hold that idea as a self-objectifier. I would think about myself compared to her in my boyfriend's eyes, and I would feel ugly, and I would feel fat, and I would feel terrible. And all of that goes away when I say, I just was turned on by her. I just thought she was hot in her like skin tight, latexy outfit and her big eyes and her completely badass, uh, you know, energy or whatever. I was into it. That's all it was. I never needed to imagine what my partner might have thought. I never needed to compare myself to her. I just needed to name desire. So, um, Hope this is useful and I'm curious uh, to hear your thoughts. I'd, I'd love to hear feedback on this one, I think particularly because um, it's, such a, it's such an interesting one, particularly I think for my generation where queerness is like still being unpacked, whereas a lot of Gen Z folks, I think, never really had to unpack it. Like they were given a lot of these labels up front. They had all the containers up front. So if you're in Gen Z, this might not resonate with you at all. You might be like, that's it seems so weird. Like, why would you not have known you were bi? Uh, and then if you're, you know, a boomer, you might feel like, well, all you kids think you're queer, but actually, like, we're just straight. So, I mean, this is such a generational thing. And I'm a millennial. So if you're a millennial, too, this might resonate with you. And if you're not, it totally might not. Totally depends. Um, anyway, I hope that was helpful and interesting. And uh, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you soon.